Welcome to the At TSN Hockey Every Other Friday Bobcast, featuring the original hockey insider, Bob McKenzie. Hey, that's me, answering your questions on hockey or just about anything else, within reason, of course. If you have a question you would like answered, email me at bobcast at bellmedia.ca. That's B-O-B-C-A-S-T at bellmedia.ca. And we'll try to get it on the Bobcast. We were a blowout of wicked proportions. An accidental company. Hey, everyone. Welcome back for year two of the At TSN Hockey Bobcast. I can't wait to get started. Although, technically, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Wait a little bit. I do plan on doing one preseason episode of the Bobcast later this month, probably on Friday, September 22nd. But we'll start things up for real on Friday, October 6th, the first Friday of the new National Hockey League regular season. And like last year, we plan on going every other Friday with the Bobcast. As always, if you have a question for the Bobcast, be sure to email it to bobcast at bellmedia.ca. That's B-O-B. C-A-S-T at bellmedia.ca. In the meantime, I'm hoping you might perhaps enjoy this preseason interview I did with Winnipeg Jet General Manager Kevin Sheveldayoff. I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did conducting it. Thanks for listening to the Bobcast. And if you're not already subscribing to the Bobcast, be sure to do so on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, tsn.ca, or wherever you get your podcast. So look forward to another season of the Bobcast. Come back at you on Friday, September 22nd. And uh, here's that interview I promised you. Well, Kevin, this is the seventh season for the Winnipeg Jets 2.0. One playoff appearance in 2015. I think the question fans in Winnipeg want answered most going into this season is, is this a playoff team? Well, I think we have the depth to be. I think that uh, one of the things we ran into last year was um, obviously the injuries really impacted us. And so we took a, you know, a hard look at some of the areas that uh, maybe we can uh, uh, help ourselves there and signing Kulikov and, uh, you know, giving us another asset on defense. And uh, Tyler Myers seems to have had a, a good summer of recovery and we're, you know, anxiously awaiting training camp to see him. So you got two, you know, uh, bona fide uh, you know, top four defensemen that could come back into the lineup and with the emergence of uh, Josh Morrissey and, and obviously, uh, you know, Truba and, and, and Bufflin and, uh, and hopefully a healthy Toby Enstrom. So, you know, the defense uh, should be stronger, which is an area that we, uh, we need to improve upon. And uh, we also um, went out into the market and, and looked to do some things with goaltending. Um, so again, two areas that we think, uh, we know that need to be shored up for us to, uh, to make the playoffs and uh, the emergence of our, of our young forwards. We think we have an exciting group of players. We like to play an exciting style, but we need to find a way to keep uh, you know, the, the pucks out of the net a little more and we will be successful then. I, I think the Jets fans, they see the plan and the, the plan is youth and skill. And when you see guys like Line A and Ehlers and Kyle Connor and others, they can see where the plan is going. But do you sense at all that there's a level of impatience or frustration that, that it's not coming as quickly as they'd like? Yeah, that's in our offices. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, certainly for us, um, you know, again, there's there's no greater pressures than, than we put on ourselves. But um, we understand the fans and we, you know, we, we you know, I live there. We, I'm there every day and, and uh, it's a great group of people. It's a passionate hockey market. They understand the game, which I think is really, you know, really important in the process that we've gone through and what we've had to do. Um, I think maybe a, a lesser educated market might not have understood you know, how you go about acquiring, uh, you know, a Line A and Ehlers, uh, um, you know, a Kyle Connor. And, and, and again, 
Um, even a player like Kyle Connor, who we drafted in the, in the, in the mid-first round, these things take time. Mark Shifley, a, as a high pick, uh, took time for us to develop, and, and now they're seeing you know, the type of player and, and the reason why we chose to draft them, uh, not only with the skill but the character. And, and I, we do believe that uh, when it does come together, it's, it's going to be a, a real formidable force. And um, there's, there's lots of things that, that you know, uh, come into play all the time. We're in the, in the National Hockey League with a salary cap, which uh, you know, there's free agency that comes into play. The younger you start, uh, a player at 18 or 19, the quicker he gets to free agency. So these are all things that you have to weigh through the whole, the whole time, and, and that's what we've done uh, in the years that we've taken over. But um, we understand that uh, it, it's, a, it's an exciting time. We understand that it's an important time, and um, you know, we're ready to hit the ground running. You were seven points out of a playoff spot last year. Outside of the added depth that you added, what specific reasons, very specific reasons, do you think you'll be better this year? Well, you know, again, seven points out. We, we had 40 wins. Uh, I think Nashville had 41. Um, you know, again, if you look at those seven points, um, if, if there's a way that you can, and you hate, to, you hate to look at it in these ways, but if you can take a game to overtime, if you can, you know, maybe have one less goal scored against you, one less, you know, penalty kill that you have to deal with, like the discipline, those kind of things that uh, that's important to us. We, we talk about it, we know it. Um, our penalty kill has to be better. Special teams have to be better. Um, if we were at the top of the game in both of those aspects and finished where we finished, then you might be wondering, okay, what, what else can you do? Because five on five is a very difficult thing to, uh, you know, to really come into play. But we score enough five on five. We need, you know, if we can score more on the power play, we can give up less on the, on the penalty kill. These are all things that can help propel us uh, you know, to, to those ever seven or nine or 10 or 12 extra points. I think it's fair to say at times last year, goaltending was an issue for you, which is obviously why you went out and signed the veteran Steve Mason. Should we presume that he goes into camp as the number one goaltender on the Jets? So I think we have to take a step back. And if we really, you know, probably wanted to in retrospect play the interviews that we did at this point in time last year, we said, look, this is the decision that we're going to make. Um, you know, Connor Hellebuck is, is going to be put into this, is going to be given this opportunity um, because a year from now, fast forward a year to this point, if he didn't have that, he would be a goalie that would require waivers. He would have been someone that probably would have torn up the American Hockey League and we all would have been sitting here saying, you know, he's the de facto number one. So um, we knew what we were getting into going into last year with respect to putting in a young goaltender, which is a very, very difficult uh, position to just give someone that opportunity, but he's learned from it. He's grown from it. I think he's going to be stronger. Steve Mason is a bona fide number one. He's had that opportunity to carry it. He's had his ups and downs in his career. And, uh, um, but again, like, uh, when we signed him, when we talked to him, we told him, this is your job. Um, you're here to, uh, uh, to help us win. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it is going to be about winning. It's going to be you know, whatever situation, whatever goaltender can push each other. And that competition will be great. But you know, obviously, Steve Mason is the number one. With Mason as number one, uh, presumably Hellbuck is number two, where does that leave Michael Hutchison? He's 27 years old now. He needs waivers to go down. Yeah. Um, is, is a trade a possibility? Is risking putting him down and getting him to the moose um, for, for the depth option? Are these all possibilities? Well, you know, again, for, for his career, I, I you know, again, I, I don't really talk about trades too much, but if there's a trade out there, you know, certainly we would look at it. Um, uh, he's a fantastic person. We, we don't make the playoffs uh, the one year that he doesn't have his 20 wins. You know, both him and, and Andre Pavlik, uh, you, know, f uh, you know, played and, and played a lot. And, and uh, you know, Hutch had 20 wins. So 
Um, again, it's, it's a tough situation. The, when we made this decision to sign another goaltender, we knew there was a glut, but uh, we feel we have a, a tremendous up-and-coming young goaltender in, in Eric Comrie that um, you know we want to make sure gets uh, gets games and does play, and we have a lot of confidence in with him in our organization. So if there's a, a possible trade out there, I'll certainly look at it. Um, but you know, at this point in time, you just can't see how it all unfolds yet. I'm sure you have to hope that you're more healthy this year than you were last year. I mean, Enstrom missed 20 games. Myers only played 11 games and has had you know chronic injuries over the last couple of years and Truba ended up missing 20 games most of it because of the 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 contract dispute I mean you can never bank on good health but you've got to think that things are going to be a little better on that front this year well these are things you can't control in this game you know Brian Little um, who ended two seasons ago with the neck injury and and uh, then you know, had a fantastic uh, training camp ready to go two shifts into last season. He gets hurt and he misses 20 games. And, you know, how many teams can sustain, you know, again, I know we can't, where you lose, a, you know, your, your, your top-end centerman, a top-six centerman in the league uh, for an extended period of time. And, you know, Brian was, a, you know, was our face-off leader in, in win percentage. He's, a, you know, plays penalty kill, he plays power play. So, again, those are things. We, we talk about, uh, obviously, Toby and, and, uh, and Tyler and, you know, Tyler had uh, a lot of things on the go last year with personal issues uh, with his, uh, the birth of his son and, and obviously his injury. So these guys are professionals. They've worked hard. Um, they're, you know, they've trained hard. But again, injuries are part of this game. And with the signing of Kulikov, with the signing of Hendricks, with the signing of, uh, you know, of, of Mason, and um, you know, we, we feel that we've added to our depth and we do have some young players that are, that are knocking. But we, you know, we've got enough of a core now that we've had year over year that you start to, you know, that core is the one that takes over the team. You're not so much looking uh, to have to have the impact from the young players, but we do have young players that we believe can make impact. You know, and, 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 I, and again, just from a, a young player standpoint, it's not how they actually start, it's how they finish. So I think, you know, that aspect of things can, how, can help us, you know, really, uh, you know, down the stretch. Do you expect Myers and Enstrom to start the season 100% healthy? Yeah, that, that seems to be the case here right now. As far as, uh, you know, medicals obviously for them will be next week. Um, but uh, they're both uh, skating with, uh, you know, the informal practices that are, that are happening right now in Winnipeg. And, uh, you know, that's our anticipation. You mentioned the Kulikov signing a couple of times, and, and obviously for depth. But you gave him, what, a, th- a three-year contract yeah. for substantial money. Is that also a guard against, you, you know, Enstrom is going to be unrestricted next summer. You don't know what the lay of the land is going to be in terms of cap situation, especially with as many good young players coming out of entry level as you're going to have. Well, you go into free agency looking to try to, you know, do some things. And, and um, free agency is a very difficult time. It's, it's a supply and demand uh, type of situation. Sometimes the, the demand, uh, and most of the times the demand far outstrips the supply as far as what's out there. So when you have an opportunity to, uh, to acquire someone through free agency that you know uh, fits, and, and l- let's face it, like Dimitri had a tough year in Buffalo last year. He'll be the first to admit it. You know, in, right in preseason, he gets slammed into the boards and, and uh, into the open door and hurts his back. And it was, uh, you know, not a great season from that standpoint. But um, there's a body of work that's with him. I remember watching him in the playoffs, specifically, I guess, in the playoffs for Florida. And he was one of their best defensemen. So, um, you know, we, we've got a, a real strong belief that, uh, you know, he'll be back. And, uh, and again, that added depth. And Toby is becoming an unrestricted free agent, finished the season uh, uh, injured, uh, you know, uh, last year, last two seasons. So you're always looking to acquire depth. And um, 
Uh, we feel we've got a real good young player coming into our system here too, and Tucker Pullman, who uh, you know played college last year and, and had uh, but had double shoulder surgery, uh, you know, in the off season. So he's still coming off of that. So, you know, again, it's uh, there's some exciting things, but nature has to take its course as well. Good news is we don't have to talk about a Jacob Truba contract dispute going into this season. I'm sure you're happy about that. Um, but he is eligible now for an extension, correct? Yeah. Have there been any talks in that you know, regard? We, we've had some um, uh, loose conversations with uh, with his representatives, as we had with a lot of the guys. We do have, we've got, uh, you know, obviously Brian Little, who's uh, pending UFA. We've got uh, Ehlers. Uh, we've got Truba, we've got Morrissey, um, you know, we've got all these different players that are all eligible for extensions. So um, it's, the, uh, it's the dance, I guess, you've got to do in the National Hockey League to see where, where things go and where the cap might eventually go. But uh, we've had various different degrees, uh, you know, not only with Truba's camp, but with, uh, with, you know, with Ehlers and other camps as well uh, for the extensions of players. How likely are one of those major components like a Truba or an Ehlers or a Morrissey to get an extension in season? Um, you know, again, likely, again, it's hard to put time frames on anything. I, I would say there's chances of it, but um, whether it happens, you know, again, these things, you know, sometimes happen organically, sometimes happen quickly, sometimes, you know, happen uh, on deadlines. So, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. I, I can't put a, you know, put a time frame on any, any one of those guys. When Jacob Truba signed the, the bridge deal last year, there was lots of speculation about his long-term future in Winnipeg and did he want to be there, did he not want to be there and I think both the player and the team did a nice job of, of, of making sure that you know Truba said I want to be here that's why I'm signing here and you guys said hey he's he's a big big part of our future um, but given that he's at the end of the season he'll be two years away from unrestricted free agency given that he's got salary arbitration how confident are you that Jacob Truba is a long-term foundational piece on your blue line. Well, again, that's our intention. That's our hope. We've never wavered from that, and uh, you know, we we feel like uh, again, the, the the drivers of our team uh, are starting to become you know those type of players. We drafted Shifley first. We drafted Jacob next, and uh, both of them have come along nicely. So, um, again, until deals are in the drawer, you never you know never know. But um, you know, again, we've had uh, some some brief conversations, and both sides have have said the the intention is there to uh, to try and get something uh, done, whether it's now whether it's in season or whether it's uh, during next summer, um, you know, those are all things that will play themselves out. But, you know, we really, uh, we're really fortunate to have a young player like uh, Jacob. And I guess we're you know, not so much young anymore, like a middle driving type of person now, um, and uh, along with Buff. And hopefully, again, our, our defense can be our strength uh, this coming season. If I project your top six on D, there's no reason not to think that Morrissey, Truba, Enstrom, Bufflin, Kulikov, Myers, that, that's your top six in your depth chart. That's, that's, uh, that's what it looks like on the board. Certainly all those are in pencil, but uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that, that, that's when you lay your head on your pillow, you hope it is. Uh, ben Sherrod's back as a, a depth option for you. And you mentioned Tucker Poolman, 24 years old, left North Dakota after his junior season, coming off double shoulder surgery. For, for the fans that that aren't aware of the player. Can you give us a scouting report on him? And the second part of that question simply is, is he, do you believe he'll be on the NHL roster to start the season? To start the season, it's hard to say at this point in time, you know, given, uh, given the numbers that we have, that's why you have training camp. Certainly, um, uh, we think that he is, uh, he's ready to play. He's someone that, uh, 
helped lead North Dakota to a national championship, not last season, but the season before, was one of the stronger penalty killers, shot blockers uh, on the team. He's a big player. He can play right side, left side. Uh, he can really shoot the puck. He's a mature player. He's been, he was drafted a little bit older, and uh, he's been in college for three years. Uh, he's a very intelligent player. He actually got his degree in three years from North Dakota and went to summer just school. Like you and and me. Just right, exactly. And, uh, um, you know, he, uh, he's someone that, uh, again, uh, we think that there's a, a real long-term future with him. We tried to sign him two years ago uh, to come out. He ended up playing with his, uh, wanted to play with his brother uh, for, for one more year or for one year in North Dakota. And, and uh, we're excited to have him now. Two shoulder surgeries. There was an opportunity if he didn't get hurt last year that he would have finished the season, uh, you know, with the right. Jets. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't have that opportunity. So we'll see how training camp plays, whether he uh, you know, is on the opening night roster or not. We talked earlier about the plan, youth and skill, and I think it was after the 2015 playoff appearance, you guys really made a conscious effort to, to be much more younger, to be skilled on that front. And, I mean, we see the, the outgrowth of that with Line A, Ehlers, Connor, um, Patan. I mean, even Mark Scheifele, he's 24 years old, and he demonstrated last year that he's moving into elite number one center category, certainly based on, on the points that he's got. So are those players just having another year of experience? That alone uh, a reason why there might be an incremental, in, uh, incremental gain um, in terms of your point total? Well, certainly, you know, you, you have to, I guess, look at how you introduce a young player into the league. And, and um, you know, many years ago, not many, not long ago, actually, the, the National Hockey League wasn't a development league for young players. You went to the minors, you played in the American League for a few years before you even saw the light of day uh, in the National League. That, that, those have shifted. That time has shifted. But um, when you have a young player, you, you know, certainly a skilled young player, you want to make sure that you bring them along and you don't suffocate their skill. And that's what I think Paul Maurice has done very, very well with all the young players that we've integrated into our lineup. He's nurtured them to the point where they're not, you know, just dump it in and chase the type of players. You know, they, they've been given the opportunity to create, um, but sometimes that's come at the price of, of maybe not, uh, you know, sitting them out, sitting them down, losing a shift or two um, when the defensive side of the game, you know, maybe uh, comes into play. Uh, Patrick Lyon is a fantastic, you know, skilled player. But if you ask him what the single biggest thing he probably learned during the year last year, it was about how to play defense, how to play without the puck, you know. So, um, you know, you, you, you're, you're playing offense only a short period of time in this game. And uh, if you have the ability to create during that short period of time, you're very, very fortunate as a team. And we've got several guys like that. Um, but when you don't have the puck or when the puck's in doubt, you have to learn how to get it back and keep it out. And that's what you know, young players learn year over year. And I believe that our young guys, uh, our young players have learned that, uh, but learned it without uh, the sacrificing of their natural abilities. Uh, Line A's development without the puck, I think most people would agree, started to accelerate when he went from the left side to the right side, coming out of his own end on his natural side seemed, yeah. to, seemed to really help him. I think he prefers to play the left side. Is he going to be a left winger or a right winger to start this season? You know, I think there's an opportunity for him to be a left winger. Um, you know, it depends how Paul, you know, decides to, uh, you know, do some things. But, uh, you know, a line of, uh, you know, line A, Shifley and Wheeler would be extremely dynamic in this league. And I think that uh, at times you'll be able to see that. But I think the, um, you know, the, 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 the ability to have, a, you know, a Perot slide in there at the end of the year, you saw that. Uh, Andrew Kopp went up and played and, and provided a different element, uh, you know, on that line as well, um, you know, that, uh, that again, helped, uh, helped it flourish. Uh, and then I think a, a player that 
whether it's at the beginning or game 20 or game 40, a Kyle Connor can be someone that, you know, all of a sudden you've got, uh, you know, those type of dynamics. But, um, but I, I do think you'll see Line A much more on the left side as well. But, um, you know, he's learned to play both, which is, a, is, which is a tremendous asset. In terms of your depth chart and whether they all play together or not, we'll, we'll wait and see. But you, you mentioned Line A, Shifley, Wheeler as a potential number one line. Um, Perot, Little, and Ehlers round out what I believe you would ex- yeah. say is your top six. As you mentioned, Kyle Connor, talk a little bit about his development last year because I think when he first went to the American Hockey League, like a lot of kids, he was finding his way, but he seemed to really finish strong. Is 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 he full-time NHL ready this year, do you think? I think, um, you know, again, we got a little bit of a glimpse of him coming up at the end of the year last year. Um, and so much of, again, of Kyle Connor's emergence, it, it mirrors uh, Mark Shifley's. It, it, it's really more about the strength aspect of things. It was never never about the talent, never about the skating ability, never about those things, but it took Mark a while to get through those strength barriers of playing in the National Hockey League, and when he did, like, you know, the proof is in the pudding. So I, I really believe, and we've had many conversations with, uh, with Kyle about that, it's, it, it's, it's just about growing into your body, you know, don't, don't worry about anything else, and, and uh, your natural abilities are going to take over. We saw what he did in college, uh, you know, as a, as a freshman in this college year, um, and, uh, you know, we think he can bring those abilities, um, you know, whether it's, again, like I say, at the beginning or whether it's, you know, still finding his way, you know, through the, uh, you know, through the course of time. But uh, we, we would believe once, uh, once he gets there, it's, it's going to be dynamic. The next most skilled player, probably on the depth chart, but also young and, and a little bit undersized is Nick Batan. Given the fact that if your top six plays with your top six and, and, and Connor's a bit of a wild card or X factor in terms of where he goes. Where does Patan fit in? Well, so Patan, uh, you know, played a lot of minutes on the power play last year, and, and uh, at points in time, uh, you know, was given different opportunities on the uh, you know on the different um, lines. Um, I do believe if you truly want to be a successful team in the National Hockey League, you can't just be a top six, bottom six team. I think you have to be more of a dynamic top nine type of team with a fourth line that can can, can do lots of different things. That's at least how we've been trying to grow this. Um, not as easy as you think, you know, because you don't just go out and acquire top six uh, and, and you don't acquire top nine players that you keep for a long period of time. Um, you might be able to get a guy at 27, 28, but by the time you're in your perfect mode, he's 32, 33. So, you know, that's why it's, it's taken a lot of time, but you, you find room for these young players that can come in. You can get a dynamic top nine. You can have a fourth line that is, uh, uh, you know, can play a lot of different ways. Then I think you're going to have a successful forward group. I'm fascinated to see how the bottom half of your lineup up front shakes out because, as we point out, you've kind of got that top six core up front. I would think that Adam Lowry's, you know, a, pretty much a fixture as as a third line center. So now you've got seven spots spoken for, and you've got we mentioned Connor and Patan as the young guys that are knocking on the door looking for full time duty, but you've got Armia, you got Cop and Dano, relatively young guys still in that 23, 24 year old age group, and then you've got veterans like Sean Mathias and Matt Hendricks. Um, how do you see that mix shaking out? 
Well, again, uh, Sean Matthias missed a good portion of the year, almost half the year with, uh, with a shoulder injury and an, and an oblique injury. So he, although he's been on the roster last year, he only played a handful of games. So there's, uh, uh, there's still going to be a feeling out process, I think, of where he ultimately uh, you know, comes in. He plays wing, can play center as well, and, and uh, he has in the past. But uh, um, you know, he's had a full off season of, of rehab and development. He looks great as far as uh, you know, coming into training camp from a physical standpoint. Um, but there's going to be some competition there. There's going to there's going to be opportunities, but there's you know not you know there's going to be opportunities, but and there's going to be competition. Play. You know, and and uh, um, we've got obviously we've got other young players like Jack Roslovic and uh, and Brendan Lemieux that uh, and, and unfortunately Brendan had uh, quite a few injuries last year as well. But these are two young players that we think are going to you know impact us sooner rather than later as well. So. This is, uh, you know, what we've tried to get to. It's what we've tried to have that ability to say, well, you know, there's, you know, there's going to be someone pushing. Just because you've played in the National Hockey League doesn't mean you're going to play in the National Hockey League uh, this coming year. Uh, for us, it's about winning. Like, there's, there's no, we're not here to, um, you know, not hurt anybody's feelings or anything like that. We need to win. Uh, we, we, you know, we certainly want to win. And, uh, you know, when you hear your captain as driven as he is, uh, you know, and uh, th I think that's what people get a glimpse to see. That's what he's like inside the room. Like that's that kind of drive is what uh, what propels him as well. I don't want it to degenerate into being a fanboy here, but Wheeler really is an exceptional guy, isn't he? Like Shifley moved into that elite number one category last year by virtue of the points that he put up. Wheeler might not be perceived league-wide as as elite but he's most certainly upper echelon knocking on that door. And I, I just really like the way that he plays. I don't think you could get a better guy to be a mentor for young players than that, could you? He drives each and every day. Like he is, he's one of the most fit athletes on our team. He's a, a very, very driven you know, person. Um, and, and, you know, and again, it's interesting. Like when I had my conversations with Blake at the end of the year and, you know, him and I kind of went off site and, you know, we, uh, we spent a, a good deal of a day, you know, talking about different things. Um, he's a very impressive person. He's, uh, you know, a father of three now. He's, uh, he's grown up just in, in the seven years that there, the six years going on to the seven years he's been with us, where he's come from as a player. There was a point in time where, you know, at, at one point people were saying, well, you know, why do we have him on the team? And then I, I vividly remember when we signed him to our extension, people were saying like, well, why did you sign him for that kind of term and that kind of money? Well, we believed in him, and, and he's you know repaid that uh, you know uh, over and over again. He's an Olympian. Uh, he's a, a World Cup uh, you know player, um, but for us, he, you know, he's a he's a, a real impact person each and every day. Uh, we were talking about the bottom six a moment ago. Um, relative late summer signing of, of Matt Hendricks. Why did you sign Hendricks? What do you see his role as? So one of the one of the opportunities, or you know, that we looked at to see during free agency was, uh, you know, were we going to be able to um, uh, work on the penalty kill a little? Faceoffs have been a difficult thing for us at point in time. I mentioned Brian Little perennially is our top end guy. Um, you know, we had uh, Jimmy Slater a few years ago, but. Um, you know, outside of that, you know, we, we, that is an area that we need to work on. Matt's very, very good at that. Um, you know, Matt, uh, we were looking for a, a leader type of player to, you know, come into our group. Uh, Chris Thorburn was, uh, was moving on, uh, you know, from the organization. Um, and you do need that modicum of leadership that, uh, uh, that I do think that, uh, that a Matt Hendricks uh, provides. It's going to help a Blake Wheeler, a Dustin Bufflin, a Mark Shifley. Um, you know, he'll kill penalties, he'll block shots, he'll do what it takes to... Uh, um, you know, to, to, to help 
this team do little things. And uh, when you have skill and you have ability in our young group like we do, uh, and when you need to improve in some areas that uh, we do need to improve upon, having a player like Matt um, is invaluable. You've mentioned the penalty kill a couple of times. It seems like a recurring theme in this for me asking you about Winnipeg Jet discipline. Does that continue to be a work in progress? Well, it, it's, it's more than a work in progress. It's something that, uh, you know, is talked about greatly because, um, uh, you know, again, it's uh, sometimes you talk about the type of penalties that you take. And, uh, you know, for us, uh, I think there is, is, there is tremendous room for improvement in the type of penalties that, that we take. Um, you know, so again, it's, uh, if we want to be successful and players can talk about it, coaches can talk about it, you know, me, I can sit back and talk about it, but it ultimately falls on, on the hands of the players there. They, they, they're going to have to, uh, you know, find a way to be disciplined in the, in this game with their sticks. Head coach Paul Maurice just got an extension, contract extension. Why? Well, again, uh, I think I spoke about it a little bit here, maybe not directly, but indirectly with, uh, you know, the work that he's done with. Uh, with our young players and, and giving them an opportunity to grow. When, when, when I hired Paul, or when Paul came in and we kind of had the interim agreement, we had some very, very frank discussions. There was, there was never any promise of short-term or long-term for either of us, so no one was worried about you know, what anyone said to each other or anything like that. We were very frank. Uh, when I took over, when, he, when I gave him the opportunity to, to coach for us on a full-time, I said, Paul, look, here's how things might unfold. Like, we might end up getting younger in the short term, medium term, so that we get better in the long term. Paul sat down with, with the veteran players last year, going into last season and saying, look, you know, we're gonna go with this goaltending option in front of us here right now because we wanna win a Stanley Cup. And for us to do that, you know, we're gonna have to do some things that are, are gonna try a lot of people's patience. It's gonna be very difficult at points in time, but we need to see, we need to find this out. Paul's the type of coach that's not afraid to do that. He's not afraid to, to say, you know what, it's not just about you know, my job or my, you know, saving my uh, whatever it is. He says, as an organization, if this is what we truly believe we need to get done, then this is what we're going to do. Uh, the emergence of Blake Wheeler, the emergence of Bufflin, the emergence of the young players that we talked about, those are the reasons why I believe in Paul, and I do believe that uh, you know, he's going to be the guy that's going to help take us to the next level. Your uh, salary cap looks like it's in the, the $68 million range, although I understand it could be higher than that because you've got to allow for some performance bonuses. Is there any uh, fun money left there for Kevin Day off to go out and, and sign another player or to make a move between now and the beginning of the season? So, you know, we did pay $4 million in performance bonuses last year. There's probably no reason to think that we wouldn't pay that again, given the type of players, the, you know, that we have and, and we believe the years that they're going to have. So you have to be careful. Um, you know, you have to budget accordingly or else it, it does come off your cap the following year. But um, I think, you know, again, going back to when we took the team over, people asked us, um, you know, are you going to be a salary cap team? And, and right from the beginning, you know, Mark Chipman and, and uh, you know, the ownership group has said, when we need to be, we will. And uh, we're getting to that point. You know, we have some extensions that we have to do. We're going to have to plan accordingly. We're going to have to get creative at some points in time. You might have to do more bridge deals. You might have to do, you know, different type of situations. I don't know yet how those are going to unfold. Um, but we have the ownership's commitment that, um, you know, the resources are going to be there to make sure that when this team is good, it's going to be good for a while. Trust me, when Patrick Line gets extended, I think you're going to be a cap team. I'll be a very happy guy. <laughs> uh, if you could snap your fingers and add one specific thing to your team, in a vacuum, what would it be? Well, again, we were aggressive in free agency, so um, you'd like to think that those pieces will, will propel. Um, I guess it, it would be more of a general thing. I'd like to snap my fingers and have health. 
because I do believe if this team can stay healthy, we are poised to do something good. Well, congrats on your extension as well. Um, that's uh, great news for you. And now that you've got that fantastic long-term security, I'm sure you want to guarantee Winnipeg Jet fans that this is going to be a playoff season, right? Well, again, whether it's long-term <laughs> or short-term, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it, my job doesn't change. I'm grateful for the faith that they've shown us, but uh, I believe this team can be a playoff team. Like I say, if, if, if some things fall into place from a health standpoint, I do believe we can be a playoff team. Yeah, I didn't think you'd bite on the guarantee anyways. <laughs> but, uh, hey, listen, Kevin, thanks very much for doing this. Uh, good luck this season. All the best. My pleasure. Thanks, Bob. Okay, that's it for the At TSN Hockey Every Other Friday Bobcast. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you would like to submit a question on hockey or just about anything else, email it to bobcast at bellmedia.ca. That's B-O-B-C-A-S-T at bellmedia.ca, and we'll try to get it on the next Bobcast. Be sure to follow me on Twitter. That's At TSN Bob McKenzie. And for great hockey coverage all year round, follow the At TSN Hockey Twitter account and make tsn.ca your source for all things hockey, especially for the Tuesday and Thursday editions of Insider Trading with myself, Darren Dreger, and Pierre Lebrun. Thanks for tuning into the Bobcast. See you next time, and have a great weekend.